my name is Hannah Reeve. I'm the founder of Nature Nurtures, where we help social entrepreneurs, passionate teachers and early years practitioners to set up their own outdoor nurseries, forest schools and outdoor projects for children. Joining me today is Claire Peart, the founder of Formby Foresters in Liverpool, UK. Claire is an experienced early years practitioner with 25 years experience in the sector and five years of operating Melling Nursery in Liverpool working in childcare straight from college and working her way up. Claire has gained some valuable insight and experience as a practitioner and in operating a nursery in the UK. Claire has taken on the exciting task of setting up her own outdoor setting for Be Foresters in a unique and exciting space with acres of opportunity. Claire, welcome. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. So Claire, tell us about how you got the idea for Formby Foresters? Formby Foresters was a long time coming, really. Um, from starting Melling Nursery, becoming more and more outdoors, I found that I had a growing passion of being outdoors. Started to see the benefits of the learning the children were gaining from being outdoors. Started to look for somewhere and it was quite hard to find somewhere. Then I came across a place in Formby, which is a privately owned woods, really lucky, right on the nature reserve. Approached the person, initially said, no, can't do it. And then a year later, he came back to me and was like, no, I can't do it. And it was strange how all the timings just worked together, because that was when I was actually really ready to do a full outdoor five days a week, no building (laughs) type of learning. So that's where that came, just from my passion of being outside with the children. So what do you think, I mean, so you've you've started with Melling Nursery. How long have you had Melling Nursery? Five years. That's five years. So tell us a little bit about the story of how Melling Nursery came to be. Melling Nursery came to be, I was working in a job I completely loved. Uh, The nursery owner decided to continue with a fostering career so we, I unfortunately got made redundant. I tried to work in a privately owned nursery, felt a bit like a square peg round hole situation, uh, couldn't quite get it and then an opportunity came for me to run my own. I initially thought I was going for a manager's job and then next minute I'm signing offset papers which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> as you do, just just go with the flow. And then so Melling was born, I started with I think five children on the register and we've now grown to 16 a day, two year waiting list and our ethos is very much child led, they get, they get what they want. Yeah, fabulous. So do you think Melling Nursery is really, is the seed that was planted in terms of moving into something more outdoors. What's that journey from having this, you know, very typical uh, small indoor nursery? I know we say indoor nursery, it's not because you're spending time outside, of course, yeah. but, you know, the sort of mainstream nursery. Yeah, definitely. It was it was a real learning journey for me as well. Uh, we just, it was, we're lucky that we have two doors, so it was just access inside, outside at all times. And I just found that a lot of children were spending more choosing to be outside more often. Uh, so I naturally went outside with them. I found that actually I really liked being outside rather than inside in the same four walls all the time. We were lucky that the school has a nature trail as well. So we got to use that nature trail whenever we liked that we actually developed with the school. So uh, yeah, it was just a little seed, a little passion that started to grow inside me and got a bit bigger and bigger and bigger. And now I'm never inside. <laughs> you live outside now that's live outside. so melling nursery is connected to a school on the school grounds but it's still private ah okay so your lease you lease that from the school okay that makes sense a lovely small nursery for 16 children did you say lovely two to threes 
Yeah, and they're all in the same room, obviously, same same class, so they learn all together. Yeah. You still have Melling Nursery. I do. To this day. And you're doing Form B as well. Yeah, Melling is closed for a year due to Stefton being very kind to me and building me a new nursery from the ground up, literally. But that made us homeless for a year. So the children from Melling are now coming to Formby with me. So I get to spend the full year being a forest fairy in the forest. <gasps> the stars aligned for that. I That's know. amazing. Yeah, so I'm really lucky, really yeah. lucky that I get to spend a whole year concentrating on Formby. Now, I'm sure it hasn't been plain sailing because it never is when you're setting something up. So tell us the story of getting to the point where you're at now, because I know you must have had COVID impact somewhere in here. So tell us the story. Yeah, I had a few bumps. Um, I was initially going to set it up with a girl who was working with me in Melling. Um, she became pregnant after trying for a baby for a long time. Fantastic. And then decided setting her own up now. She wasn't for her and uh, so I'd made the decision to go ahead alone do it I still did that we got registered it was actually on my birthday in February of 2019 and then Covid hit in the March which no completely... <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally just a few weeks later oh dear yeah. So COVID hit, we, I made the decision to obviously it wasn't the right time to open. Everywhere was closed and we closed Melling for the initial six weeks because I only had, I think it was one parent uh, who managed to find some, some other childcare. So we closed and then I just decided with the openings and shutters, openings and shutters, I was just going to wait until the world was back ready for us. We still haven't opened. We officially open in September. Okay. Is it so? Melling Nursery is a term time only nursery. Yeah, yeah, term time only. I've done. I've done my days for seven till sixes. Yeah, yeah, quite. <laughs> Will form before us be the same? It is initially, but we do a little bit of a wrap around, and then we run right the way through the summer holidays and the school holidays. It is, but it isn't. We we do holiday club days and stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure, great. So making the most of that. That's good. Right. So you started with the co-founder, and then. Went to being a single founder. Yeah. A sole founder. So how did you move from that bump? Because that's a little bit of a bump for you, isn't it? Because I think when you're starting something with someone and you have that shared passion, that shared vision, and then to have that fall away, how did you get through that? Uh, yeah, I just I, I just looked at it and thought, you know what, I've done it before on my own uh, with even less experience. So that part didn't scare me going alone. What did scare me was... That I hadn't had the qualification to do it. So I was solely relying on employing someone to help me run it. And then COVID hit, which then gave me the opportunity to go ahead and get the qualification. So they were a couple of little bumps, but I'm just quite a go with it kind of girl. Yeah, you're quite laid back, aren't you? Great. So that qualification, that's your forest school. Okay, so you've managed to get that. You've made the most of this pause. And you've gone and you've got that. Okay, well, how's that influenced the next step in terms of the Formby Forester's journey? It just means, well, now it just means I don't have to rely on anybody else to run it for me. Uh, I, I get to spend now the whole year of putting my ethos, my practice, in, really embedded in that. And then someone hopefully can come work alongside me and get it as well. We're speeding through this. <laughs> so let's go way, way, way back. Can you tell us a little bit about your beginnings? Because there's a whole 
story before you even had Melling. What does that look like? How did you get to there? Uh, little old me in school, deciding what I was going to do. I'm not very academic. Couldn't couldn't work in an office. It's it's not me. Uh, someone suggested childcare because I wanted to travel. Went ahead, went, did my childcare qualification in college. Got qualified. Worked in various private nurseries. A couple um quite big ones. Then just fumbled around. Um opened a party business myself when I was on maternity leave. Oh wow. What does that entail? What do you do with that? Just doing children's parties, basically. I had a big room, painted the room pink and stuck diamonds on the wall and we had fairy princess parties. It was brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. We need to let people know. So Claire is in Liverpool. So <laughs> <laughs> everything's pink and sparkly. Um yeah, so whilst I was on maternity leave, I just started that and it, I was working like four or five hours at the weekend and getting the same money as I was at the nurseries. So I decided to take a break for the nurseries. Then I came back uh, when I had my second child. And then I went to work for a fantastic nursery called Bright Eyes in Southport. I learned so much from the practitioners there, the owner there. They were fantastic. They introduced me to Reggio Amelia teaching style, which I hadn't even ever heard of or anything. And they took learning from lots of other places. One of the main practitioners was Polish. So she taught me lots from her sort of culture. It, it was just fantastic. I owe them a lot, to be honest, to where I am now. Fantastic. Oh, my goodness. So, Claire, you're a self-starter, serial entrepreneur. <laughs> You'd laugh at that. It's true. You've got a track record there that tells us. So I think that's a really important point to make as well about things like having these other enterprises. That's what we call them in our training program. But things like when you're weighing up your time and your own context, and your own values and what works for you in that moment in time. So for you, it was doing the parties because that meant fewer hours. So in terms of efficiency, it's great, but it's the same amount of money than, you know, working as an assistant and for that minimum wage basically is what we have here in England, isn't it? So that's very sensible. That's great to hear about and to get people thinking as well about what's right for them in those different moments of their long lives hopefully how did your Ofsted registration go with getting form b foresters set up that Ofsted registration was quite easy because i think i'd done it before in the past i think there's a lot of stigma around Ofsted. i just look at them as people at the end of the day they don't want us to fail you know they are technically there to help us so that wasn't really that daunting for me i knew i had a great space i'm confident at what i do i'm really good at what i do so that for me wasn't really that daunting um, and the comments you made she said we've got one of the best locations probably in the country I mean got a fantastic woodland area and then 10 minutes walk we're on a beach so you just can't it's absolutely amazing and the site that we're on is used for a go trail sort of at the holidays so we even have real toilets <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing how did you find this place Oh, I, the person who runs the Go Outside site, I've actually known him for years. And then I saw that he was doing it and I was like, oh, I'll just approach him and ask him. And initially he said no. And then he must have looked at it and thought, he's he's all for the kids. So he just saw the kids, they're, they're the only ones that are going to benefit. And the, the area is, it's unbelievable. They're, they're so, so lucky. We have the red squirrels that are endangered. <laughs> So we have that whole reserve right next to us. There's Jatanak toads. There's so much wildlife and natural nature there, really untouched. To this. It's a lovely So what do you think made this guy say no? What was his justification for that no at the beginning? 
I don't know. <laughs> no, I honestly don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. So when did he come back to you with a change it of mind? A year later. I, a year. A year, a whole year later. I think I took my son to have a birthday party there and I just sort of said, yeah, still thinking about it. And he was like, come on then, let's do it. <laughs> you wore him down. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how easy you make this sound because <laughs> I know it's not because there's a huge amount of thought that goes into these things and planning. And yes, there's a bit of luck in terms of things lining up well for you. But I mean, even thinking about Melling Nursery, how long have you been working in childcare before you got to that point? Well, I'm 38 now. I started at 16 and that was five years ago. So it's been a long, hard learning curve and childcare is not the easy route out. It's a tough job um, on us emotionally, physically. It's hard going. And at the end of the day, we have the responsibility of those little minds to nurture, don't we? So I had a lot of years before I got to Melling, a lot of, you know, ups and downs and throwing the towel in, never going to childcare ever again to like, it's the best job in the world. Yeah. And then, so you got to Melling without any management experience? Without nothing. I was just literally um, on the floor at Bright Eyes and the system there worked very, there was a manager, but no one really was a hierarchy. There wasn't this room leader, this person's in charge of this room. It was just, we all worked together and worked as a team, which I really liked and I have taken on. So although I had no official manager's training, I was trusted to do my job, which I think is really empowering. So. I went ahead with Melling. Melling came up that I thought I was going for a manager's job and then ended up signing off said papers to own it, which I, I remember having a conversation with my partner. I was like, Melvin, I think I'm going to end up owning this nursery, but I've got nothing to lose, have I? Because at the time I was working in a restaurant and a paper shop doing three jobs. Uh, so I thought, I'll just go ahead and do it. So I did it. Got my Ofsted registration. That was a, that was a I think it's like a four-hour interview, is it? A grueling interview. <laughs> uh, very daunting for me. Like I said, I had no professional training of being a manager or even at any manager or leadership course. So it was quite hard going, but I did it. What's the story between the going for a manager position to, oh, actually, I'm going to end up owning... What happened there? <laughs> it was literally just miscommunication it really was someone said to me um melling are looking for a manager or someone to take over because the person's retiring i was like oh brilliant yeah i'll go for that and then as i was talking and talking and then it was only the second meeting that i had with her she's like oh we'll go to the parish council and then you know if they like you then you can probably just take over and i'm like oh okay Oh, wow. That's an amazing story. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. This is wonderful self-starter. Without even looking for something, get something. Claire, that's wonderful. And then you found this magical, magical setting that has everything you could possibly want. Yeah, everything. It's yeah, amazing it's location. With the beach, to have the beach just 10 minutes away from us, it's the learning there in itself is unbelievable as well, isn't it? So you've used that time while we've had a global pandemic going on to get the forest school leader training. You'd already got Ofsted registration, so that's your regulator had already approved you for February 2019, and then you've paused. I'm guessing Melling has still been operating in that time, so you had an income. 
Yeah, we still, we've, yeah, we've fully opened in Melling. It's a bit closed the first initial few weeks, but we remain, we were really lucky that we've been able to remain open. And I think it goes a lot with being outside. The germs and the natural germs are obviously good because we didn't have to close throughout it. We didn't have to close bubbles. It's been much easier, isn't it? And I think as well, because you're small, you're similar size to us. We're a little bit bigger at Nightshot or Kindergarten. But um, I think as well, parents have felt very, very confident with it. Out of everywhere you could possibly send your child. Because I don't know about you, but we've had a huge uptick in terms of inquiries. So I'm guessing you have a waiting list because you're well established. Yeah, in Melling we have, yeah. I've got about a two-year waiting list. There's, I think it's just our approach. And even with B, I don't really like to be branded as a forest school because we're not just a forest school, are we? You know, we take learning from all over the world. And I do that. I started that in Melling and it's something I will continue through to form B. I don't really want to be pigeonholed as that as a forest school because we're not, I don't think we are. What does that look like then in terms of the children learning at Formby Forester? So not a forest school, child-led or tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's completely child-led. I still have some toys in the forest. So we still have, you know, like dinosaurs and some dolls, you know. I still think some children do need that just to help them a little bit more. Um, I've still got big dumper trucks. I think there's just a vast thing of forest school, isn't there? It can, there's some settings who are completely, absolutely natural and literally don't ha- add anything to forest schools who literally spend an hour outside. So it's about, I think, finding where you feel right and where you sit. Absolutely, absolutely. And what kind of age group is Formby Foresters? So we're taken from two uh, right up to preschool. I have been approached to do home ed sessions as well, but at the minute it's something I don't feel I'm qualified enough to do or I don't feel ready for home ed yet. It's something I will look in the future because we're doing the holiday clubs. I quite enjoy the older ones and I'm starting to, you know, learn from them really because my whole background's early years. So it's something I'm getting more into, getting more comfortable with So in the future. I could go older. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think it's an interesting point to make about, so Melling Nursery is time, time only, and then you've got Formby Foresters, which really is going to operate year round. And that's key because forest schools or outdoor nurseries or nature nurseries, whatever you want to call yourself, you really are quite seasonal. No matter how you approach it, you do end up with seasonal highs and lows. So you've got peak times. For us at Nurture Outdoor Kindergarten, our summer is really full on and we maximize as much as we possibly can we love having those older children we get a lot of alumni come back so we have all those children that we've had before and then that whole holiday club is booked up with all those children who've been before so they know the space i mean you just open the gate and there's whoosh, straight in there and you know getting messy dirty and doing whatever they need to do and it's a lovely it's just so wonderful to have that revisit with them as well and with the families i love that so making the most of those summer periods is really 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 beneficial and i think from a business point of view as well in terms of cash flowing continuation for you that must help yeah definitely it's, it's exactly the same as you I, we can't close in the summer holidays we've got six weeks of well it's not guaranteed weather is it but let's just look at the last few weeks but it's better weather than than what we can be used to in the winters obviously you're a lot 
uh, ahead in your journey than I am. And I really can't wait for that to happen. Like what you just said, the revisiting of children. I have it sometimes in Melling. I have the children who I've looked after, they'll book onto the holiday clubs and stuff. And it's lovely to see them and how they've grown. And it's, it's really special, isn't it? You've got a lovely head start over perhaps some of your peers because of having Melling Nursery. You've got a community there, although I think geographically they're quite far apart, aren't they? Yeah. So you've at least got that community there. And wonderfully, you've got children that you've been able to transpose to Formby whilst Melling is, is shut. So that's really good. Yeah, it's, I'm so thankful, really, that the parents have decided to still keep them with me. It just shows me I am doing my job properly. I do hope I am. But it's just that enforcement, isn't it, that you've got the backing of the parents. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And how many staff have you employed for Formby? So there's going to be three of us. So there's myself, um, there's a level three, and then there's our apprentice. But at the minute, I think our numbers are like between five and nine a day. So it's fantastic. I, just, I like nice days. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got five to nine children five days a week. Oh, fabulous. I well know, done. That's a I great know. start. And I think it's a really nice number to start with as well. And particularly because I know the majority of the children. Uh, I know, I know when they're going to struggle I know you know I've got a good gauge of most of them I do have some new starters who have come like literally from Forby and have not followed me from Melling but I'm excited because yeah I think it's a nice number to keep warm I think any more in my first year I'd be pushing my luck really yeah for sure so let's just be clear Forby Foresters is due out of its pause and to properly start up in September so next month a few weeks time and so you're going straight into your autumn term and then you're going to experience winter. Now, you're completely outdoors. You don't have a building or anything like that. So tell us a bit about the thought process behind that. And is it just the situation that that's what it is in terms of permissions and so forth? Yeah, it's just that's what it is. Um, around the site, there's, I mean, it's set on site 32 acres. So it is really quite covered. The rain is the rain doesn't get through loads. Do you know what I mean? If it's heavy rain, it's not really that heavy rain once you're under that canopy. But around the site, uh, there's dotted sort of big sheds, I want to say. Um, so there's an area where we can just go and sit, get some music out, do some games, you know. Yeah, just the little shelters. And we also have a minibus. So if it is particularly freezing cold uh, one day or windy, as because we can't operate in the wind, uh, we'll just pack them up in the minibus and off we go to the museum or the library or something indoorsy. Great. So you've got your adverse weather place to mm -hmm. go to, the museum. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah. I know. We're so lucky in Liverpool to have the free World Museum. So, That'll yeah. be really good. Okay. Fabulous. So the challenge for you, so you've got thick canopy. That's, yeah. That's yeah. great. Mm. It's going to be wind, isn't it? Yeah, it's wind. And then your shirt. So how are you going to keep people warm? Like what's, what's your source of heat? I mean, we've got, we do the fires, we've got the fire pit and we have um, a couple of really big parachutes put up on site. It's surprising, isn't it, how warm they can actually get. Um, and then orange just to keep them active. I mean, like I said, it's like 32 acres, so we're not going to be stood around um, not doing anything, are we? <laughs> we also have um, an obstacle course that's already made on there. So it's just a case of, come on, let's, let's get active, keep busy. I will just I will just share my experience and lots of people I speak to. It's the two year olds are going to be the ones who need 
bit more something. They'll need a bit more something, especially in the winter. How many fours, four-year-olds are you having in your group? Like, what are you registered for, basically? So we're registered for 14. Um, I'm not going to say I've been Tuesday on which two-year-olds I've taken, but because they've... I've been really lucky to be able to run sessions. I've been running parent and toddler sessions as a promotion for the nursery, which has really taken off. People are absolutely they're loving them. Um, so I've got to meet, obviously, the people who are interested in the forest skill. And if I can, and I've gauged if these two-year-olds are going to be, you know, and the majority of my children aren't too. Uh, there's just a couple of two-year-olds. But I think with my staff and child ratio, um, well, I hope we can give them two-year-olds that little bit of extra thing. I've been looking into the little hand warmers that go in the mitts and the wellies and we found with Melling if they've got dry feet and warm hands and warm ears they, they can get through it <laughs> you got it absolutely it's the hands and the feet that are big ones yeah it's loads of socks loads and loads of socks yeah yeah we've tried so many gloves so so many gloves some children really enjoy wearing gloves to the point where th- there were two children wearing gloves in August <laughs> they've asked for the gloves Okay. Okay. And then you have children that really don't like to wear gloves. So for some children, you can use those really good gloves from Pop. That Swedish brand. And they're waterproof. We found those are the absolute best waterproof ones that we could find after lots of testing. And then the rest, it's just, it's the cheap knitted acrylic gloves that you can get a pack of 10 from all sorts of shops. And we've got a whole massive basket of those. And then they just get washed continuously. As soon as they're wet off, new ones on. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Things like that, yeah. Socks, hats and gloves we have abundance of. Such a strong position and wonderful as well that you've got that opportunity to do your marketing because that's basically what your top your parent to toddler groups are. Is that something you think you'll continue year round or is this just to ease you in? Definitely, no. I've already got parents saying, you're still doing the next term, aren't you? Um, obviously, it's the first year that I've done it, so I'll be interested to see how many continue coming in the winter months. That'll be really interesting because I'm quite, I think I'm getting about 16 parents a session and we're putting two sessions on. So it's good that Parents are starting to realise the benefits of the children being outside in nature and the site that they're, they're on is our nursery camp, so there's big holes to dig and they're putting this stuff in their mouth and the parents aren't freaking out about it, which <laughs> it's, it's good. It's a positive move forward. Excellent. How much are you charging for your parent and child groups? So we charge £10 for two adults and one child. Well, that's good that both parents can come. We, it, initially, they weren't allowed because of the restrictions, yeah. but now they've been lifted. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's get both parents in, involved. And what do they get for that £10? What does a session look like? We have an hour, 45 minutes of free play in the in the base camp. So they use the obstacle course that's built, they use campsite, and then sort of over, the, I call it over the road. It's not over the road, it's over a path. There's another bit of nature. It's more, I put activities in there that literally are all nature activities. So it's things to make with natural resources and water. We have the mud kitchen and then each week I'll change. I'll put something in. So I do a, a forest school activity, so to speak, and we'll do, you know, clay animals using the natural materials or we'll hammer the flowers. So it's just a, it's a free play session for the children and parents to experience together. Wonderful. 
Do you have any food that you serve or? No, not. We do some, they like the marshmallows and the hot chocolate, don't they? But in some of the sessions, I'll do a full cooking session. So oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we put a curry pot on one day and stuff. So. Oh, lovely. In terms of the infrastructure that you're talking about on that site then, have you had to put anything in or is it? that you've been very wise and you found a site that has a lot of this already. I've been very wise. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Yeah, I've been wise. Uh, Yeah, I haven't really packed to put much in, if I'm honest. Excellent. Um, Oh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. (laughs) Definitely is. After years of searching. (laughs) That's brilliant. Okay. We're going to go back now to your Ofsted registration process. And only because this is something that, we get asked about all the time. Can you just talk us through, because you've done this so recently, can you talk us through your process for Formby Foresters in terms of what you did and what order? Because this is the bit people get really stressed out about. Like, do you need your stuff at this point? When do you get that bit done? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we put our forms through the government gateway. I want to say. So we applied online through that. Then you wait, is it up to 36 weeks? Or a lot of weeks you can wait. It is a lot of weeks now. I think it's up to six six months at the moment. It's a Big long week. Yeah. Then they got get in contact with you to arrange a date that happened to be on my birthday. And she did say, did I want to change it? And I was like, yeah, let's go for it. So they then come and visit the site. She asked me to have preparation of basically... The site needed to look like that I could open up tomorrow. Um, so I made sure that I, I didn't have resources, resources out, but I made sure that there was clearly defined areas. My boundaries were clearly defined. She spoke to me a lot about that. How are the children going to respect the boundaries? And I obviously told her, we talked to her with the children through that and we, we negotiate boundaries with the children and do all the safety talks with them. And she asked me a little bit about risk assessments. She wanted to know if I had a manager in place at that point I did have a manager in place um so I had with me their certificates their first aid um their food hygiene she asked me how many children that I felt I wanted on the site uh, asked me to explain that reasoning why what my ratio would be um what else did she ask she asked how I was going to what my plan was for the high winds. She wanted to know I had a, a plan for that. Toileting, she asked me. I'm lucky I've got real toilets. Uh, <laughs> rub it in. That was, <laughs> that was quite a big one, I think. Um, that, and I spoke to somebody else who was getting off studies in the Wirral and they were like, oh, what are they doing about the toilets? And, and people really panic about it. They do, they? they do, uh, yeah. 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 Um, so she wanted to know my hygiene routines, um, what types of lunch I'd be offering, if any, is it packed lunch? If it is packed lunch, where am I storing the packed lunch boxes? How am I going to keep the children's dignity if they need changing? Just general stuff. Really. Okay. Are you are you serving lunches out of curiosity? No. <laughs> Keep it simple. Yeah, I've said obviously in the cold weather we'll just throw a pot of porridge on or we'll you know, we'll do something, give them warm drinks and things, but as a rule, no, keeping it. How did you find that that registration visit? Because a lot of people panic about this. Like I said before, I don't really get intimidated by it. I I know I'm good at my job. I really enjoy my job. I hope that my passion comes through when I speak to them. And 
they're there to help you. They're, they're, they're not there to trip you up. And even in my inspection with Melling, I held, I held my hands up and I said, if you'd have come last year, I'd have been screwed because I had the wrong staff. I had this, and but I learned from that. And now this is where I am now. And I think that's what they want to hear. You know, they want to hear if you come up against a problem that you're not going to wing it. You're going to phone them if you need to, or they just want you they want you to be confident in yourself and your responsibilities. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. I think it's an important process to do. And I'm glad that we have it because at the end of the day, it's about safeguarding. It's safeguarding the needs of individual children and making sure that everybody at least has that level of consistency in terms of quality and appropriateness and responsibility and awareness of those responsibilities. So, I've had very positive registration visits, or certainly have knowledge of very positive ones. We've heard varying stories about it, so it's an interesting one. I'm glad you could share that for people to hear. What do you think is useful for people to know in terms of setting up an outdoor nursery? If you could give just a few tips, what would they be? It may sound really simple, but make sure you like out being outside. Like, people say to you, oh, I really enjoy the outside and it's great. And then when they come, they hate it. They hate being outside. <laughs> That's genuinely my main advice. Make sure you can deal with them, them adverse weather conditions, because if you can't and you can't equip yourself, you ain't meeting the children's basic needs. That's my golden nugget. <laughs> it's a really important one. I think a lot of people go into this... Um, Andy, even down to the parents and children that you have, you're such a genius because you've got your parent uh, and toddler group. Not only is that marketing, but you're using that to screen the families coming in. This is someone who's very experienced and knows what they're doing. I think that is a really important step because you need to understand people's individual family cultures. Are you a family who do genuinely spend a lot of time outside or is it just that we like going outside when the weather's really nice? Because those two things are really different. Is this child going to be able to manage different seasons? And that does come, I think, down to part family culture and part personality and who they are. And you don't know that without seeing them in action a little bit, I think. And it very much comes from experience, doesn't it? Making decisions like that, I think. I'll quite openly tell you, I've turned families away from Melling because I know they're not my families. They wouldn't have my back. Um, it's just by a show around. And I've been very honest with them and said, I really don't think I'm the nursery for you. I can recommend you one that you might like. I think it's about that as well, having the confidence as an, an owner um, of a business that you're working on the floor with. To say, you know, I'd rather have nice days than your child be upset and crying because they're cold because it's not going to benefit anyone. Yeah, absolutely. It comes down to an ethos as well, doesn't it? I guess it's not just, I don't think really that's it's just in terms of outdoors. As long as you're able to offer something, and even if that something is, have you considered looking here, or this might be a better match for you because you know X, Y, and Z. I think that is the best thing you can do is signpost at least offer something to everyone, and that's what happens. What's next, Claire? It's funny you should say that. I've just read <laughs> because Melling's closed for a year, and I, I obviously don't like to be unbusy, do I? Um, I've actually registered a company called Under the Canopy Training because it's something that's become quite prevalent to me working through this pandemic of, of how it's actually affected our children. Um, 
not just our younger children, uh, some of our older children. I'm hearing now that girls of and boys of eight, nine are suffering with anxiety and not just social anxiety. Anxiety is a full in, in itself. So part of the sessions that I've been doing, I'm doing a wellness group on a Wednesday, basically teaching them a few more, say, more holistic ways to help themselves with these so we do a bit of meditation i've done a child meditation course so we do a bit of meditation some stretching some breathing and um, we look at crystals we look at chakras we look at a bit more of that side of teaching more holistic ways so the plan is that under the canopy we'll run sessions for children who need this help but also i want to educate parents and educators of how to get that into your everyday lives not just oh it's mental health week let's do a whole topic on mental health and a strong belief it should be better to your practice at all times and all levels amazing oh wow amazing so okay talk us through the groups that you have because this is you've got a few going haven't you you've got parents toddler yeah so so i do a parent and toddler session i'm just doing i've just put together a baby session i've tried a couple of ways they didn't sort of work so i've gone back to the drawing board and i've sort of merged them together i hope that i've got it right this time i'm, I'm not afraid of saying i messed up on that it didn't work that didn't work what didn't work about it I think I wasn't, uh, well, the first one, I wanted it to be quite holistic and do a bit of forest bathing and use some singing bowls and traditional uh, music. And I think I wasn't confident at that point enough to deliver it how I wanted it to be delivered. So I sort of read the room a bit too much, I think. And that was my part of my downfall for that session. And then the other one, I, I tried to do it a baby session similar to the toddler one, you know, so a bit free flowy in them. And I think they wanted a bit more guidance from me. So I've tried to sort of merge them together and I'm about to run my first one next week. So I'll let you know how that goes. Very interesting. I did see your post on Instagram about it actually. So if anyone out there have a do have a look at Formby Forrester's Instagram page. It's really good. Yeah, so that's coming about next week. And then I do the Wednesday one for the slightly older children. So my recommended age was seven plus, and I really didn't know what to expect from it. And that's where Under the Canopy has been born from because because of this group, basically, that these seven, eight-year-olds are telling me that they're suffering. And I just want to create a safe space for them. My own daughter was bullied in high school, so she's 14. I've just had to move her schools. And I just think maybe if she'd have had a safe space to talk um, or some strategies put to help her deal with these this type of negativity, would she have got to that point of intermediate schools because of social? No, it's important. And, and earlier the better as well, isn't it? So you have a lot of enterprises going on, if we talk about them in those terms. So you've got the Forest School Programme, and that, which is your nursery. Then you've also got the groups. You've got multiple groups. You're going to have summer holiday club. You've also got the wellness group. You've got the parent and toddler group. And you've got the holistic baby group. It's a wonderful business plan. And, and I do get it's going to come to a point where I can't do it all. I, I do have a wonderful team around me, actually, at the minute. So I'm hoping to, I hope to grow that soon. Um, it's just, that's what I've struggled with throughout my whole time is finding staff. It's so hard, so, so hard. Yeah, it's a real struggle and it is, oh, the struggle is real. It's really difficult. And I think it's interesting as well that there's been a big push here in England with a drive for apprentices for this year. 
but we have an apprentice who'll be starting with us. However, that's been for, even that has been very challenging because not a lot of young people are looking for apprenticeships, which I guess is this is why the government was, is putting a lot of effort into this. Oh, it's a real challenge, and it's a real challenge because of earliers being so undervalued and underfunded. It's a real challenge here for sure in the UK. I would say, speaking for all the nations, we have a nine-month-old in our house. And a three and a half year old. It's busy. It's busy. And and you've got your your nursery. But yeah, the kindergarten's going, and we did training, and then this is the thing. I love your story because this is a proper grassroots, built from the ground up, wonderful, amazing circumstance where you went f- for what you thought was a job, but actually ended up to be take on this business. <laughs> And then made a wonderful success of that to the point where they're willing to invest in that further in terms of them building a whole new space. And then you've taken that wonderful experience and put that into form before foresters. And that's going to be absolutely magical. I can hear that. Yeah, I hope so. I'm so excited. I really, really can't wait to just get in and spend all my days there. I genuinely don't feel like I even work at the minute. I just feel like I just bum around the forest and just play. And I honestly, honestly don't feel like I'm working. Maybe that's just the nursery's not open at the minute. I'm just doing the sessions. But no, it's. I think I've found where, where I need to be and where I'm going. And the path I'm on is, is the, right, the right path, really. Oh, I'm so excited for you. And I really, I cannot wait to hear how this is going in a few years' time. I'm sure it'll go from strength to strength. And the next time we'll talk, you'll be having your beach school group, you know, down at the beach 10 minutes away. So keep going and keep enterprising and grow that confidence and experience. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Claire. Absolutely fantastic. Thanks, Anna. 